Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim GK, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of the Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of the Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Arthur uh, Randall Bolden. We're going to talk about painting with numbers, presenting financials and other numbers so people can understand you. If you'd like to join in in the conversation, I invite you to go ahead and call in at 347-324-3460, or you can post a question in the chat room, which is real simple, or you can go ahead and email us at info at com. Randall, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I know it's early there. <laughs> You're on the Pacific coast, coast, right? Well, I'm in Nevada, which is Pacific time, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, to begin with, our, our listeners love personal stories on authors and, and uh, guests that we have on the show. So if you don't mind, just taking a moment and tell us about yourself, uh, where you from, and how you got started. Well, I grew up in Washington. Uh, I have my undergraduate degree from Princeton a number of years ago, and then I came west in the 70s to Stanford Business School. Uh, I I stayed on the West Coast uh, and took jobs in high-tech companies uh, in the finance area. The last uh, 20 years or so, I've been a chief financial officer of software companies, uh, both uh, public, uh, Broadvision, and Phoenix Technologies, uh, as well as uh, private company startups. Uh, And in, in the course of that uh, oh, 30 years in finance positions, it became increasingly clear to me that there were uh, that tiny differences in the way that you presented numbers made a huge difference in how well people understood you. Uh, and in essence, presenting numbers effectively is nothing more than a communication skill. Just as uh, if you hear somebody who's really brilliant and you can't understand a word he's saying, it's because his communication skills aren't great. And the same is true with numbers. Just because the numbers are right doesn't mean they're going to be comprehensible or meaningful uh, to your audience. <clears throat> and excuse me. And so I wrote this book, which is uh, basically postulates that the way you present numbers uh, is is like communicating any other information, and that there's even a grammar about how you present numbers. There's a reason we write justify numbers. There's a reason you use white space to organize the numbers on your page so that the organization is intuitive to the reader. Uh, it's important to use words properly across the top and down the left side of a, of a report and to think carefully about them because they make a huge difference in how quickly a pressed-for-time audience will understand the information. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow. That's really amazing. Uh, the way you present in numbers will will make that much of a difference. Can I tell us what some of the things that 
everybody's not great communicators. Everybody can always some people can sell uh um, you know, ice when it's 20 below. Some people can't. And it's the way they tell the story and they communicate. And there's been a loan officer. You sit down and you go through one person uh, that can give you numbers brilliantly. You ask every single question. Another person who has everything going from themselves and really can't. And it depends on when you sit down at a committee and you ask certain things. It depends on how you actually present those numbers that are going to make a difference, even if you get a loan or move forward with a particular process. Why is that? Is there a psychology in presenting numbers? Well, of course there's a psychology in presenting numbers, just as there's a psychology in any kind of communication. Uh, There's a way of standing up and speaking in front of a group that relaxes the audience, uh, that creates the impression that you're someone who can be trusted, that you're fun to listen to. And the same is true of numbers, that... uh, and there's there may be a little bit of psychology, but part of it is just presenting it coherently and correctly. If if you're listening to a presentation or reading a memo by someone who uses ungrammatical English and and uses words that are uh, too advanced for your level of understanding of the subject matter, you're not going to understand that person regardless of how smart he is. One of the points that I want to make about this is that we assume that in order to present numbers correctly, you have to be some sort of math genius, and that in order to understand numbers that are put in front of you, you also have to be some sort of math genius. And that's simply not true. Again, these are communication skills. If the information is presented clearly and in accordance with what I sometimes characterize as the rules of grammar, and it's presented with a respect for the audience and an understanding of the audience's level of skill uh, at understanding the underlying subject matter, it'll make a huge difference uh, in in how well you're understood. But the important point is that it's a communication skill. That no one, when you present a financial statement, like an income statement of a company, you're not asking the reader to calculate the square root of the revenues or take the first derivative of the expense trend. You're just asking them to read a narrative. Uh, and And that's all you're asking them to do. And if that's the case, just like any narrative or a story uh, or a description, you need to do it in an eloquent and clear way. Give us some examples on how we should present some numbers. Well, let's start with some of the simple rules. The first one is you always write justify numbers. There, there are very, very few exceptions to that. But when it's numbers where the larger ones and the smaller ones uh, are important, you write justify them. That's not just because we were taught to do it that way in second grade, to add up a column of numbers, but it's easier to understand the numbers and it's easier to remember the numbers when they're presented that way. Another mm-hmm. example uh, that relates to our use of the Arabic numeral system, is you should think carefully about how many digits to present. 
when you're presenting a financial statement, for example? Are you presenting the numbers to the nearest penny, to the nearest dollar, to the nearest thousand dollars, to the nearest million dollars? Uh, and you need to think about that because you have a limited amount of space on the page or on your PowerPoint slide. And if you present too many numbers, it's just a giant um, monolithic blob of digits that a typical reader isn't going to understand. Another example uh, of presenting is about the visual effect, is using text effects like boldface and italics um, to, to show what the important numbers, like the totals for the year compared to the monthly numbers, or the total revenues and total expenses compared to the other line items. Mm -hmm. uh, another example of a way that you should think about presenting numbers so your audience will understand you is using key indicators. Uh, key indicators, or sometimes called metrics or key performance indicators, are often nothing more than ratios. They're things like growth rates and profit margins and productivity uh, and year-over-year and -year changes and budget variances but you show them in percentages so that people can get a, get a sense of the scale of the information. Uh, it, you know, it's easy to say and impress people by saying the, the federal government spent $3.6 trillion in the last fiscal year. Now, that's interesting, but is $3.6 a lot? Well, it depends. How much did we spend the year before? How much are we going to spend this year? How much, uh, so how, how much of a percentage change is that? Um, is that what percentage of the entire uh, uh, gross domestic product is represented by government spending? These are the things that interest us. And if you're skilled at presenting the numbers, and if you have a very good sense of what your audience needs to understand, you can develop the ratios that are important for that particular report. So those are some examples uh, of, of ways to, of, of, of simple sort of grammatical ways of presenting information. And if you have an audience that doesn't have much time, you can choose. You can uh, print out your report any old way, and in the five minutes they're going to spend reading it, they're going to spend four and a half minutes just trying to figure out how to read your information and 30 seconds absorbing your content. Or they can understand the, the layout of the report instantly and spend the whole five minutes absorbing your content. Okay. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be back in a moment uh, to talk more about uh, some of the benefits of your book. Uh, again, we're uh, talking to uh, Randall. We're going to talk about his book, Painting with Numbers. Be back in one moment after a station break. You're listening to The Core Business Show. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 
90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Our topic is painting uh, with numbers. Uh, Randall, uh, we have a couple of key points real quick. There are two sorts of deadly sins to avoid. Can I tell us what those two uh, deadly sins are? Sure. Uh, first of all, just just for your listeners, uh, the deadly sins of presenting numbers are sprinkled throughout the book, uh, mm-hmm. and they they come up. These are these are the kinds of errors that that one makes when you're presenting numbers that you should never make, not because they're mistakes, everyone makes mistakes, but because it means that the way that you're presenting the numbers can negatively affect your relationship with your audience. And I, as, as you point out, there are two, I group the deadly sins at the end of the book, I group them into two kinds. One is the sins of presentation, and those are the sins uh, mistakes that people make in the way they put numbers on the page. Uh, the the second group of deadly sins are the sins of behavior, and that's how you act while you're presenting the numbers. So to give you an example of a sin of presentation, the very first one, it shows up in Chapter 1 of the book, is not right justifying a column of numbers. And you would think that's pretty obvious, among other things, when you put numbers into an Excel spreadsheet, Excel, the default is it right justifies them. But there are lots of people who center the numbers. So deadly sin number one is not right justifying a column of numbers. Uh, another deadly sin is not putting a, rep- a title on your report. That's an act of disrespect for the reader that that. You're putting the reader in a position that they have to read a big chunk of the report before they know exactly what the subject is. That's just a bad habit. It's a bad mm-hmm. habit in any kind of communication. And it, and it suggests you're lazy, you don't respect your audience, and all kinds of things like that. The sins of behavior relate to how you act while you're presenting numbers. Uh, and the one that that I found that everybody likes and everybody says, oh, yeah, that one just makes me crazy. That's deadly sin number 17. And it's, this, it's saying the, making the following remark when you're giving an oral presentation. Quote, I know most of you can't read the numbers on this slide, but dot, dot, dot. And that's incredibly irritating. And there are people, everyone in the audience, is 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 thinking well if you knew that i couldn't read the numbers on this slide why did you put them up there <laughs> and and but, that's it's an act of disrespect it it's an act of disrespect to the audience it suggests you don't care whether they can read the numbers it suggests that you didn't prepare properly for that presentation you didn't try out the presentation in the venue where you were going to be giving it 
there are all kinds of messages that you're sending to your audience when you say something like that, and none of them are good. So those are the deadly sins, and there are 18 of them in the book. Wow. I mean to interrupt you. There are certain people can present things well. You know, look at Stephen Jobs, how he tells and captivate you when he explaining something, uh, when he makes his presentation. Bill Gates was was another. But if you look at the two people, two different personalities, is the way even Stephen Jobs actually presents something is real basic. Is just naturally. I don't know if it's natural. Some people have a natural sense of explaining things and presenting things. Some people have to rehearse over and over, and they're still nervous, and they just can't do it. Is there anything that addresses for the person who practice and they're just a nervous wreck? Um, the way, you know, hey, keep in mind, this is what I should do when I'm kind of present this, these numbers to this audience, this group of audiences or this person. Uh, that they won't be so nervous. Well, you, you're raising a great point. The first point that you raised that's really important is that even if you're presenting numbers, and people think of numbers as just these dry things that you put on a page and you're putting them on the page in order to comply with some sort of regulations, and that's just not the right way to look at it. When you're giving somebody a report, you're telling a story. You're giving a narrative. You may be trying to persuade them of something, or you may just be trying to inform them of the status of a business or something like that. So the first thing is to remember that there's a narrative, to there's a story that, that you're saying, and you need to organize your information in a way that the reader can understand the flow of the narrative. Now, to be a little more specific about about breaking down the skills that help you present numbers more effectively. Uh, there, there are three levels of mastery at, at being good at presenting numbers, and this is true of any kind of communication. The first one is knowing the rules. Just like you cannot make yourself understood if you can't speak grammatically, if you don't pronounce the words properly, there are some simple rules, and we talked about them a little a couple of minutes ago. The second, the second level of mastery is understanding your audience. And, and now we're getting into an area where Steve Jobs was really gifted, is that you have to think about the audience. When you're presenting to a board of directors, you take a different approach from presenting to your peers. So, for example, you might avoid using a lot of jargon, the kind of terminology that you and your coworkers use every day is not the kind of language that you may want to present to a, a member of your board of directors who gets familiar with that company maybe every month or every three months. But it, and at the same time, in a high-pressure, time-pressure kind of situation like a board of directors meeting, you don't have the luxury of a lot of time to present, so you have to condense things. Whereas when you're presenting to your peers, time may not be as much of an issue. And the third level of mastery is simply having a good underlying grasp of the subject matter. Uh, if you're a financial analyst and you're designing a management financial statement for a software company, that looks very different 
from a financial statement for an automobile company or a consulting firm or a dry cleaning business. Uh, everyone is different, and designing the right statement for any one of those businesses requires the person who's designing the financial statement to have a basic understanding of how the business operates and what the main issues are and what the, what the concerns of the management are. So that you really have to think about this in, in terms of three kinds of understandings. One understanding of the basic rules of the grammar of presenting numbers, so it's presented coherently and not in some sort of jumble. The second is that you have to have a sense of your audience's skill level, their level of interest, uh, how much time they have. And then the third is presenting the information in a way that's particularly relevant to somebody who's involved in that particular line of business. Okay. When you're talking about uh, some critical information uh, that needs to stand out uh, when you're doing a, a PowerPoint presentation, what should stand out, and how should you organize that on the page or on the screen? Well, the first thing is if it's a PowerPoint presentation, the very first thing that you need to remember is you can only get about, oh, a tenth as many digits on a PowerPoint slide as you can on a sheet of paper and still have it be <clears throat> still have it be read comfortably by by the audience uh the, and then but the second thing is uh in terms of what to emphasize and how to get people to 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 see it again that comes down to what your audience and what that business really needs some of the ones are fairly obvious. For example, if you have four quarterly numbers and then an annual total, probably the annual total is more important than the four quarterly numbers. And you may want to boldface it or put it in a slightly bigger font or put it in italics or something. Similarly, uh, the rows of the report, the total revenues is an important number to most companies, and the bottom line is an important number. Again, those numbers you may want to emphasize. Now, mm -hmm. it, it may also be true that in a, for a given time period, for this month or this quarter, there are a couple of numbers that really were unexpected, either particularly good or particularly bad. And you may want to take the, the numbers that are specifically important and find a different way to highlight them. They're not generically important, like total revenues or the bottom line or the total for the year, but you still want to call the, re the audience's or the reader's attention to those numbers, and you may want to use artwork, circle a number, print, those, print out those numbers in a different color of type or something like that. But all of these things are things that you should think about. It's not enough just to get the numbers right. We have computers for that sort of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. The computers take care of getting the numbers right. The important thing, especially in a time when, uh, when the numbers information that's being produced is getting distributed to tens or hundreds or even thousands of people, and they're deluged with information, you need to make sure that 
it, the information can be absorbed quickly. Okay. In closing, uh, what do you like to leave the reader with uh, with your book? And where can we find the book? And if you don't mind, towards the end, if you can read something out of your book that you want the uh, the listeners to walk away with. Okay. Well, first of all, the title of the book is Painting with Numbers, Presenting Financials and Other Numbers So People Will Understand You. You can read more about the book and see reviews and other articles about the book on my website. That's www.paintingwithnumbers.com, and that's painting with numbers is hyphenated. So it's painting-with-numbers.com. It's available on Amazon and uh, at other in, in, in bookstores and at other online uh, book-selling websites. And uh, I'll read you a paragraph from, uh, from Chapter 3, which is about the importance of words. And l- let me start by saying that I introduce a word in this book, quantation. And quantation means the act of presenting numbers. It's a, it's, it's a word that's created from two other words, quantitative and communication. And the reason that I thought the, it was important to have one word, I wanted to have one word to characterize the craft or the skill of presenting numbers, just as there's one word for writing and speaking. So this paragraph I'll read you comes from the last check, from the conclusion of chapter three, which is about how important the words that accompany the numbers are. And I compare uh, the words and the numbers uh, on your report to the role that uh, men and women at a formal dance have. And the words are the helpers. They're in the ones in the tuxedos. But the important things uh, to remember are the numbers. So here it is. Quantation is also like that. The numbers are the centerpiece of your reports, and it is the differences among the various numbers in the report that readers are most interested in. The words are merely the helpers, but it's essential that they be crisp, precise, and free of unnecessary flourishes. You spend much more time collecting, organizing, and laying out the numbers than you spend fine-tuning the words around the edges of the page but the precision and presentation of both the words and the numbers are equally essential to effective quantation. While it's true that the words and the numbers must work together to help the audience understand the fundamental messages, what your audience should remember afterwards is the numbers. Perfect. Thank you for coming on the program. And where can we get uh, get your book again? Well, Amazon, you can ask okay. at, at bookstores like Barnes & Noble. Uh, and I ha- there are links to ordering the book uh, on my website, www.painting-with-numbers.com. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on the program and, and sharing this information with us, Randall. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it too, Tim. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. 
Again, you're listening to The Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. You can download this episode on iTunes on Block Talk Radio. Again, if you'd like to reach out to Randall, Randall, your website address is? www.painting-with-numbers.com Okay, great. Thank you for listening, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you, Randall. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.